Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Metal Mike, and in this episode, I'm joined by my buddy Ryan, and we have some fun creating our Metal Dream team-ups. We got some what-ifs, and hey, some could still even happen today. What if Vince Neil joined Brat in 1992? What if Angus Young and Eddie Van Halen created a supergroup? The possibilities are endless, and we have a blast. Hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Well, Ryan, welcome back to the 80s Glam Metalcast, my friend. How are you? I'm awesome, man. Thanks for having me. No problem, brother. So are you ready for tonight? Are you ready? Dude, the Dream Teams. I the, like it. Yeah, the Super Metal Team Up Dream Teams, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's going to be fun, man. It'll be all those ones that people that we wish would have gotten together back in the day. Maybe some of them still can get together if, if they're still alive and they still can sing and play. They can still do it. But uh, I think there's a lot of cool team ups that probably anybody who listens has in their mind that, man, I wish you know so-and-so would have jammed with this guy or that guy. So uh, I think this will be fun. I'm very curious to, to see what you have and see if we have any that are the same oh yeah dude straightforward i got like the 1992 dream team big time michael jordan magic johnson <laughs> i mean i got i got all that coming but man i got some that are out there and some that are pretty straightforward you know four or five piece bands and then you know some of them that'd be like yeah that'd be cool if there was like a jam or a replacement singer or something like that so yeah i got a little mix up but mostly it's pretty straightforward sweet i kind of cheated and kind of like doubled up on a couple of mine because i'm like even though this one isn't like incredible and i won't talk about it long i'll just throw a couple team ups in, in, in one of my picks you know what i mean so there's there's no rules yeah. to this one so all right good <laughs> all right man so i'm excited i want i want to hear number 15 okay well, I didn't really, uh, again, have like a complete order, but, you know, it's, there's so many great ones. I just figured I'd kick it off with some giants here. I got my man Jamie Lane. I got the dual guitars of Eddie Van Halen and Angus Young. I got Juan, <laughs> Juan from Rat and Tommy Lee. And, uh, dude, I just... I, I mean, you got Jenny Lane, one of the most underrated money songwriter and singers of all time. You got Eddie Van Halen and Angus. You know, you got uh, Eddie doing Panama was inspired by Angus when they were at the Monsters of Rock in Donington. Mm. Just that riff alone. So that's pretty cool little bit of knowledge and trivia right there. I like that. And then you got Juan's energy back in the day, bopping around stage and his awesome backup vocals and then just like a young and hungry tommy lee from like the shout era you know maybe even theater era so anyway i uh i thought that'd be a pretty kick-ass band that is a good one i like that i, I like angus right. and uh and eddie together because like that's two of your big guys right there so that makes sense that you would do that one all right good <laughs> I don't have them in any real order, but I kind of, even though this one's was like a really cool one, I wanted to kind of throw it in at the beginning just to just to get people's attention. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna set the stage. It's 1992. 
rat is <laughs> kind of falling apart, right? And, you know, it's it's kind of not happening anymore. And Piercy leaves, and he does arcade. Motley Crue has a little split. Vince Neal's out of the crew. So I thought, you know, what a killer idea if Vince just would have got together with the guys from Rat. Oh, perfect. You know what I mean? Especially at that time. Because the cool thing that I'm thinking about is that Vince really wanted to continue into the 80s hard rock sound. And I think the guys from Rat kind of wanted to do that as well. And when you listen to, like, Nobody Rides for Free, that was kind of a cool direction. I was thinking, man, like, the stuff that they were doing toward the end... Uh, primal scream and the kind of stuff that crew was doing toward the end if you could have kind of put that in a blender and uh put it all together i think that would have been a great team up dude that would have been killer i like that one a lot i I figured you would and then you know honestly (laughs) all right okay if vince vince on a good day live okay let's just throw that out there wouldn't it be cool to hear him sing love and use a dirty job or hear, hear him sing round and round i think his voice would sound cool on some of the rat tunes so yeah, dude, I've done that with like the the different ACDC singers, and been like, okay, what if Brian Johnson would have sang this, or Bon Scott would have done this song? And I, you know, you and I are so uh, like schooled up in the Vince Neil world and the ACDC world <laughs> that you can actually do that in your head, you know, yep. and it, it sounds cool. So I can hear it right now. I like it. Nice, nice. All right. Well, I, th- I think we're gonna blow through these. Uh, Fourteen. Yeah. So this one's a little bit of a, a different uh, scenario here. So. I, I really like the musicianship of the band except you know they're they're yeah. very straightforward hard rock but like I've said before Udo's voice just doesn't resonate with me I, mm-hmm. I can't do his voice but they did have David Reese in yeah. the band for Eat, uh, Eat the Heat in 89 and that thing was just smoking I love that album but because that's already been done there's a guy named Peter Marino he was in a band called Le, Le Mans or Le Mans Okay. Uh, he sang in c- Cacophony with um, Jason Becker oh, and Mark yeah. Friedman, okay. as well as a band called 9.0. And that guy's got one of those deep, growly voices similar to, to a David Reese. And I just thought that that would be killer to hear that kind of team up. Um, so, again, I'm not replacing a whole band or building a whole band. I would just love to hear all the accept stuff, but with a David Reese, or in this case, a Peter Marino. So this is one where I just said, you know what? The band is there. They're kick-ass already, but let's just get rid of the ingredient that doesn't settle with me. <laughs> yeah, I know you, you've got a mixed emotions on, uh, on uh, Udo, so that, to have him out of there is probably a, a good thing in your book. So That's it. <laughs> uh, all right, my number four. I, all right, this is where I cheated and I doubled up because I feel like these ones are just quick. And I'm not going to have much to say, so I, I could kind of throw a couple out there. So uh, I got some KISS-related alumni together I think would be a good matchup. Okay. And that's Bruce Kulik with Todd Haworth from Freely's Comet. I think they oh, yeah. kind of uh, – I think they're in the same vibe. You know, the kind of stuff that they write and the way that they play, I think those guys would mesh really good together. And I think the KISS family would accept them with open arms. So that's, that's, that's part A. And then part B – now, this one, I don't know. This one just came out of the blue in my head, and it sounds like it would make sense. But Chris Holmes with D. Snyder. I don't know. What do you oh, think? yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they're both kind of those nasty, gnarly guys that kind of play like that straightforward, like caveman metal rock. You know what I mean? I just think they would go good together. <laughs> I like that. Dude, That that both of those work really well. I really like the Freddy's Comet stuff. Yep. So I can hear it in my head again. That sounds killer. And those two beasts... D and Chris Holmes, dude, yeah. that's it. That, that, 
is money. I and like I think it. for that one, like if that was, I mean, once again, it could happen today, and D can still sing, and Chris can still play. So, I mean, it could happen yeah. today. But I'm thinking more like in the '90s, like instead of if he did Widowmaker, instead of that, and Holmes was out of Wasp, maybe they could have teamed up and done something cool. Who knows? Totally, yeah. Even Holmes in Widowmaker just add a little bit of that hard ass yeah. element to that. Or yeah. Harder, it would have been sweet. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Uh, Thirteen. All right, you'll like this. I got Dio pairing up with Ingwe mm. in 1988, specifically 1988 Ingwe nice. Dio matchup. So I, I'll say with either or all of their actual backing bands. I don't want to replace anybody. Mm. I like their their bands at the time. I mean, of course, I like. Jordan Turner at the time, but yeah. you know, Dio, Dio, you know, he could have used a little shot in the arm at that point. They're yep. both that Euro type music, and Ingwe was peaking at that point. So yeah. you know, it was like kind of similar to when Dio went back to Black Sabbath to kind of kickstart his his career again. Um, but you know, why not pair him up with another another guy like like Ingwe? I mean, yeah. kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, I've I've thought of this before. Um, and actually, this does come up on my list too, but, the, but with others as well. But I won't spoil it, but it does come up. I thought of this <laughs> myself because um, they're really cut from the same cloth. You know what I mean? Like they're just yes. that same kind of a vibe. And they did dream on together uh, like a cover. Have you ever heard that? You ever heard yeah. That? Yeah. And that's really cool. But once again, that's them doing a cover. They really should have did an album. The problem is is the egos. Like they got too big. Like Dio needs to be in a band that's called Dio. And Ingve needs to be in a band called Ingve. So I don't know how it ever would have worked. But if they would have just done it as a separate project, call it something else like, you know, Dragon's Breath or something. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that would have been one of the greatest uh, albums of all time, those two together. Dude, yeah, hell of a matchup. All right, my 13, very simple, very quick. When Zinni Zan was out of Shotgun Messiah, (laughs) how cool would it have been to put Kim Hooker in with Shotgun Messiah? Because I feel like he's like a more refined Zinni Zan. You know what I mean? Like, I think think he would have worked better, at least in my opinion, as the singer versus Tim Tim becoming the singer. So that I I thought that would be a nice uh, matchup. Kim Hooker and and Shotgun, yeah. That's thinking outside the box. I like that one because Tiger Tales Berserk is, like I said before, my number one glam metal album of all time. Mm-hmm. And I really like Shotgun Messiah. And I like this, the Second Coming album. I, I will admit that his vocals are good, but they're not zinny, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that, that, that would have added a hell of an element to that band. Yeah. Or even if the other guy sang... Because I think he sang a little bit on the first album too. Even if they traded off vocals, you could have a lot of cool interaction there. I just I think it would have been killer. Yeah, good matchup. That's cool, man. I like it. All right, number twelve. All right, this is another straightforward one. I like this one. So I got Mick Mars, Paul Sortino, Bobby Blotzer, and Bruno Ravel from Danger Danger. Wow, that's that's an yeah, interesting I, one. You, you had me at Mars and Sortino. I thought that's not a pretty cool. <laughs> I know. The other guys are exactly. Are cool too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Mick is just a beast, you know, obviously. But his guitar obviously goes really well with a, a guy with high-pitched vocals. Mm-hmm. And Shortino has high vocals, but he has, I mean, let's face it, he's a more talented singer than, than Vince. But I would still favor Vince because I love my Vince. Yep. But I, I think Mick and Paul Shortino would be great. Um, it was, 
you know, it'd probably be something similar to like when Karabi got in the band and they're like, oh, damn, we got some range finally. This is good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, um, and then you got Blots with that killer swing, you know, that rat swing that he's got going that I think it would fit just with that that mid-80s genre of um, a Mars hitting his peak. And then you got Bruno Reville just writing these killer songs in, in Danger Danger. You know, he's kind of like a, a Kip Winger where he doesn't even need to, to play bass most of the time. He just kind of chugs along and writes these six songs and yep. the rest of the fellas <laughs> make him killer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back to the Shortino thing, he's just such a diamond in the rough and, like, he's the reason why I like Quiet Riot. I, I, I dig some Dubro-era Quiet Riot stuff, but I know I'm not in a ton of company here, or <laughs> but I think that Quiet Riot with Shortino is my favorite Quiet Riot album. So hmm. I don't I don't think that there's many others that feel the same way, but I really like his voice, and I think that's a killer album. So nice. yeah, man, I think I think that'd be a cool cool pairing. And I can't join you on that one. I would definitely take Metal Health over. <laughs> I just I love Metal Health, so maybe it was just a uh, timing thing. You know, I, I got it's hard to my rock. early metal albums that I bought, so it's it's up there for me. So gotcha. Okay, number twelve. I'm not sure if this would be. Uh, let me just throw it out there, and then I'll figure out how it would make sense. But... Akira from Loudness with Don Dokken. So I don't know if Akira is going to oh, be yeah. in Dokken or if it's going to be a project, but but when you think of a lot of the riffs, like especially like the riff for like You Shook Me and a lot of that Soldier of Fortune stuff, I mean, Don Dokken would sound killer over that stuff. You know what I mean? So, and Don yeah, Dokken, and, you know, obviously I actually, I like Mike Vissera way better than Don Dokken on most levels, but I just think it, I would, I would like to see how it would go to, I, I think it would go well together and I would like to see what they could come up with with those riffs and his melodies and lyrics and stuff, I think it would be killer. Yeah, he could have lended some killerness to Don Dawkins up from the ashes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's a great album, and there's some really good riffs, but there's just something not quite there for me on that album. I don't know what it is, but, yeah. dude, he, he could have been the missing piece. Even though Norm was in the band, that was about as good as it gets, yeah. you know? But, you know, so... That's that's killer. You know what's an interesting point you make though, and if you notice, if you open up the liner notes of that album and the pictures, yeah. every guy is from like a set country. You know, remember that? Like, oh yeah, yeah. The one dude's from Accept, and the one dude's from Motorhead, and they show the flags of where they're from. Akira oh, could have right. brought in the East, man. He could have brought Japan, and that would have been sick. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I like that. All right, number eleven. So this one's another kind of a stretch, but I got Mikey Steelheart. You know, the singer for Steelheart, and okay. Hear me out. I don't know if you ever heard of the female-fronted artist or the female artist named Lee Aaron. I've heard uh, of her. She, it, yeah, she's a, a Canadian, Canadian metal. Yeah, she's she's got some really good stuff um, in the '80s and then up through the early '90s. And in particular, there's an album called Body Rock, and um, I like her version. Obviously, I like she's killer female-fronted band. It's 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 a ripping album, but I always thought that if you got a guy like Steelheart singing this album, in particular, there's a song called Sweet Talk. And it would just, it, if he could kind of mimic what she's got, he's got enough range and high high vocals where he wouldn't do it a disservice. And it would be a monster. So if you just got him doing that album, it might be one of my top albums. I mean, oh. I, don't get me wrong. I love Steelheart and I like Lee Aaron, but just dreaming dreaming wish list stuff <laughs> put him over the top 
be pretty killer. Nice. Sounds good. All right, my number 11. All right, so I got Kelly Hansen. All right, Kelly Hansen. And there's two different guitarists I'd like to see him with. I don't know if it would be in the same project or different projects or different bands, but I'd like to see him with Key Marcello. I think Kelly mm-hmm. Hansen, Key Marcello would be a great team up. And also going back to Bruce Kulik, I'd like to see Kelly Hansen and Bruce Kulik. Maybe all three of them could do something cool, but I think yeah, the guitar totally. guys might clash a little bit because they are very distinct uh, players. But, yeah, I just think I'd like to see Hansen with both of those guys. Good call. You can't go wrong with Kelly Hansen. No. Number 10. <laughs> all right, this one you might like. So... I want to see Alice Cooper's trash album with John Bon Jovi singing that entire album <laughs> at his bubble gummiest. <laughs> nice. So you got he and Sam Bora writing uh, Hell is Living Without You anyway for that album. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you know about it, but there's that demo out there of uh, Bon Jovi doing House of Fire. No, I never heard um, that. I don't... Oh, it's killer, dude, because I think they offered it up to, to Bon Jovi first for the New Jersey album, I think. And they passed, and then Cooper got it, I think it's a Desmond Child song, uh, for Trash. And I know you're not the biggest fan of Trash, no. but I bet you'd be a bigger fan of Trash if it was Bon Jovi singing it, especially yeah. in like 88, 89. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Because that, right, I don't feel that that album's the right album for Alice Cooper, but I feel like it's yeah. the right album for somebody. Like you said, maybe it'd be Bon Jovi or some kind of other... 80s pretty boy type of a guy yeah i'm with you that's a good i like where you're going with that yeah and i i think joe probably because subliminally i knew about the house of fire thing and yeah. it sounds killer um but then i was like well you know who could who could really make this album it's, it's pop metal also yep. that album and i love it but who could make it take it to that next level and i thought well who better than that guy at that time in his life <laughs> well don't get me wrong because when i think of the song poison as much as it's overplayed it's a really great song and and, and really i can't hear anybody else but alice cooper singing that song but then yes. some of the other songs yeah. like house of fire could be sung by anyone like it does not feel like an alice cooper song you know there's just certain ones that feel like cooper and then ones that don't you know what i mean and that's why the album's kind of like off you know it's spotty for me so uh huh. All right, number ten. You're gonna like these. This is this is good. This is good thinking here. So first, <laughs> I got. Of course, I got to throw Ron Taylor from Lonely and Axe out there. What a great oh, voice! Yeah. But wouldn't he be so great? I'm sold already. Wouldn't he be so great with Warren Demartini? Oh, that would be gold oh, right dude. there. I would love yeah. to see those two together. But this one might even be better. Tracy Guns with Stephen Percy. Oh, dude, perfect. How? Those dudes are so sleazy and nasty and from L.A. I mean, they would create the greatest music ever. So to, yeah, I think that one's the one I'd really like to see. Although, like, Ron Taylor, 88, with Martini 88, somewhere in there, 88, 89, that would be just awesome. But any t- I think any time. You could do Piercy and, and Tracy right now, and it's going to be good. God, I, I feel like it's happened, you know what I mean? Like, maybe right. they did some tribute album or something like that, but I feel like... How did it not ever happen? Right. That's like the perfect team up. <laughs> How did it not be an album? Like that's, yeah. Well, maybe once they hear this, we'll tag them on it. We'll see what they think. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right. Number nine. All right. So I got the muscle gang. I got Kane Roberts, Bobby Rock, and Nikki Six in 89 just making a killer. <laughs> yeah. Get some muscles in a little bit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just, just black hair and muscles and just badassery. So. Like I said in the 91 episode, uh, you know, Kane checks two huge boxes for me with the, 
with his amazing tunes and the bodybuilding. And then Bobby, he's still in great shape. He's yep. putting his running and jogging and workout and uh, dietary videos on Instagram all the time. He's pretty impressive. And then at the time, Nikki was you know sober and and ready to go and trim, and he had the six pack going. He was just a lean, mean, black haired dude. So I thought that'd be a pretty cool trio, really. So. Yeah, the, the muscle gang. That would be good. You know what I think, too, is I think where I, I kind of criticized um, uh, Kane Roberts' stuff of being maybe a little generic and interchangeable with other acts, uh, I think having Nikki in there would maybe just bring that edge or that a little bit more original sound. You know what I mean? So I, I, dig, yeah. I dig the catchiness of Kane Roberts' stuff, but I think like with Nikki in there, it might just bring that a little bit more of a different flavor. Yeah, it would be good. Yeah, perfect. All right, I think I'm going to blow your mind with this one. I even blew my own mind with this one. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's set the stage. This is the year it should happen. It could happen any time. It could happen now, but I, w- I think it should happen in 1994. So picture the, picture okay. the scene. It's 1994. Tom Kiefer is just can't sing right now, right? He lost his voice. Mm-hmm. He's hanging tight. But he could still create great songs, great music, and be a producer. And he can be a producer for the Brett Michaels solo album. How about that? Okay. Two like Philly where you're going. Is he is is he gonna play on it? Yeah, the two Philly boys. So so Tom Kiefer and Brett Michaels are gonna write the songs. Kiefer's gonna play lead guitar and he's gonna produce. And it's gonna be a Brett Michaels solo album. I mean to me I was like, this would have been just gold. Even if it wasn't a hit, we'd be listening, we'd be talking about it till this day. You know what I mean? So yeah. Dude. That would be killer if they could stick to like the hot and bothered stuff, or, like, yeah. Flesh and blood, or yeah. like or like swallow this stuff. That would be sweet. My only fear is that they go down the blues path. But, well, even if they did, yeah. I still think it might not be bad because if you think about the trajectory of both these guys, they started off real glammy and then they evolved. They did some, you know, some of the more bluesy stuff. I think no matter what they did, honestly, I think it would be good. Yeah. So. Shit. I'm sold. Let's go back in time. <laughs> Let's get the time machine. All right, man. Uh, honestly, I'm getting so, as I see what I got coming. I'm getting so stoked because I've got some real hot ones. All right, what you got? <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one, I think you'll like. So, I got a Richie Sambora on lead vocals because, frankly, I prefer his vocals over Bon Jovi. Yeah. I know. Again, I'm in the minority, but a good he's got such a strong deep, awesome, raspy voice with that range. So I got him lead vocals with John Sykes on lead guitar and background vocals. And I got the boys from Britney Fox, Billy Childs, and Johnny D on the rhythm section. Wow. So I think that this band would be like a deeper and obviously add one more member to like a Blue Murder, who I really like. Mm -hmm. But you know, why why not bring like the bite down hard glammy vibe of uh the rhythm section of Britney Fox and throw it along there with a little bit of the deeper Sambora and Sykes stuff. Wow. And you know, John John Sykes writes these classic soaring riffs anyway, and then if you could have a dual guitar, dual lead vocals, yeah. have Richie really be the lead. I mean, dude. Oh my god. Can we go back in time again and do this? Really, because you figure you got one of the big players of the White Snake '87 album with a big player yes. from Bon Jovi. I mean, you know, if that was done at the right time, that could have been gold right there, platinum, multi platinum, or should I say? Yes, right. <laughs> I like. And that you can one. even call the you can even call the band multi platinum or whatever. <laughs> uh, 
Sambora Sykes though. I don't know. That might have that might have a ring to it right there. No, oh, that's pretty killer, actually. All right, number eight. Let's this one. This I think this makes a lot of sense if you think about it. So. Uh, let's have the scene again. Jeff Tate, he's out of Queensryche. But instead of going with a guy that kind of imitates him, no offense, uh, Todd Latoria, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> let's go with somebody who is of that vibe but is very original in his own right and maybe could bring a whole new theatrical dimension to this band. And if you know where I'm going by saying that, it's putting Lizzie Borden with the guys from Queensryche. Ooh, wow. Because he sings of that style. He he does that kind of dramatic stuff. Can get real high. I think Lizzie Borden in Queensryche would have just been ridiculous. God, can you imagine that concept album? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this, I'm telling you, man. I, I hope people enjoy this episode. And I hope they, I want to hear other people's um, combinations. But, like, just a couple of these ones that we've done so far. I mean, it, it's exciting, man. I'm excited about them. I know, man. It's like I, it's, I wish they would... Listen to this and be like, shit, we're all still alive. Yeah, yeah that sounds great. Let's yeah. give it a shot. Definitely. <laughs> all right. What's your seven? Uh, this one's kind of funny. This is a little bit of weirdness. It's kind of like an oxymoron here. I got the hard, the hard ballads band. And let me explain. <laughs> so some of these bands, I'm talking uh, Except with David Reese, Pretty Maids, Icon, Banshee, uh, Dude from uh, Saints and Sinners, Rick Hughes. Joel Ellis, MSG, Coverdale, they all have these deep, dark, awesome vocals. And they have these ballads that can't be the pretty Kelly Hansen, CJ Snare, Firehouse, Trickster stuff. They're always going to have that element of these guys' voice in there that's more badass and deep. So more so like a, like a compilation album, whether it be their classics or new stuff, of the guys from all these bands putting together a hard ballads album. And some of them are mid-tempo, and some mm-hmm. of them are straight hard ballads. But they, they can't escape their own voice. So it's never that heartfelt stuff, and I really like it. So, you know, just check out We Belong from Saints and Sinners, and that pretty much sums up exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, so number seven, this should be no shocker coming from me. I don't really have a lot to say about it. I'm just going to throw it out there. Joe Lynn Turner and Vinnie Vincent. Who's with me? <laughs> oh, dude. Well, and here's where I'm going. Okay, I love all the Vinnie Vincent stuff, but it tends to have a high voice. Every voice is, like, super high, right? And I think Joe Lynn Turner is, is, brings it down a little bit. He's got more of that brassier, bluesier, just a little lower. than he can, he can still sing high, but you know what I'm trying to say. He's not that real whiny high singer. And I think yeah. some, and, I, and he writes great songs, and Vinny writes great songs, or wrote, Vinny wrote good songs. I don't, I don't, I don't right. know what he does today. We'll see. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. I'm still waiting. But um, if we put those two guys together, I think that would have been a cool combination. Once again, that might have been a great combination in like the early 90s because – Joe was out of Deep Purple and Ingve, and Ingve was or Ingve, no, yeah, not Ingve, Vinny. Vinny was Vinny was kind of yeah. crashing and burning, and and Mark Slaughter was gone, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that would have been a nice team up, those two. Yeah, they they may develop some sort of kinship as well for kind of both being reamed out of big bands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yep, you know, they could find they could find that connection of the the Kiss and Ingve kind of firing in the the fraudulent activity that, that they claim potentially went on. And yep. yeah, they might form some kind of bond over that. That'd be 
That would work really well, I'm sure. If anything, they would just talk shit about Kiss, Ingve, and Deep Purple. So it would be good. Oh, that's <laughs> good interviews. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number six. Okay, so this one you'll like, and it's straightforward. I got Lou Graham, 1991, singing with Mike Slammer, Bruce <laughs> Turgan, and Tommy Aldridge on oh. the drums. Wow, that puts the so, Shadow King lineup to shame, I think. Dude, tell me about it. You got, you got Lou. You got Mike Slammer writing every song in the world, playing on everyone's album. Bruce Turgan, he's got the, the bass from hell with those vocals. And then you got the, what do they call him? Like the, the human octopus or whatever yeah, they call Thunder Tommy drums of like, Tommy. That's it. The guy still looks like he's ready to run a marathon at probably 65 years old mm-hmm. right now. So, I mean, dude, can you imagine that? That'd be like a Shadow King on steroids. Yep. I'm down for that. Awesome. That's a great one. All right, number six. This is a weird one. I don't know if this is going to be TNT with potential different singers or if this is a Ronnie Latikro. Somebody put a lot of money behind a Ronnie Latikro solo album, but here, here's the guys <laughs> that Ronnie's going to work with, and I think all of them would work so well. First of all, a fellow Swede from the, from his part of the world, man, Joey Tempest and Ronnie Latikro. All right, now that's, that's, that's money right there, so that's gold. Mm-hmm. Jo- Jolyn Turner's back. He, I think he'd be good with TNT, and the reason why I think that is because he sings back up on some of the TNT albums, and like I think it's the uh, song see. Rain. He's kind of riffing on the end. I was like, ooh, Jolyn and Ronnie, I'd like to hear that. Uh, hey, yeah. haven't heard this name tonight. Kelly Hansen, I'd like to see, I'd like to see him <laughs> with Ronnie Latikro. And then last but not least, the guy that probably has the most similar voice to Tony Harnell would be Michael Sweet. And I think Michael Sweet obviously writes very, you know, wholesome type music. TNT writes a yep. lot of wholesome type music. So those are the guys that I would love to see Ronnie do something with. And actually all that all these could still happen because they're all alive and, and still pretty uh, pretty much kicking ass. So That's killer. It, it it like the beginning when I was coming up with these combos, I was struggling with this very issue in that you think of a TNT and they're perfect already. And I'm like, ah, I mean, I can't take a member out of these bands. Like, that's why we had to build these bands because, you know, taking him out of TNT, you're like, dude, it was perfect the way it was. You know what I mean? Like, in fact, I'll I'll, I'll ruin my joke right now, but I I was going to debut, uh, (laughs) my first one was going to be, okay, I want Kip Wiener, Red Beach, Paul Taylor, and Rod Morgenstein. I think it'd be the best band ever. <laughs> According to Bo Hill. But wait a minute. Wait, exactly. let, me th- let me throw something out there. So uh, this is where I was kind of going, especially with Joey Tempest, okay? Don't, I don't know. This We did an episode about the uh, of this one a while back. I was with, what, you weren't on it, but it was uh, bands or why they didn't make it. You know what I mean? Or what went yeah. wrong, you know? And, and I don't know if Tony Hart, Harnell is, I don't think he's remotely part of the problem, but... If I stack him up against Joey Tempest, like Joey Tempest became huge, okay? Was it the look? Was it the voice was just a little bit more commercial? You know what I mean? I don't know. But I thought, like, could have Ronnie had more success with somebody else? Or could have Tony had more success with somebody else? So that was kind of where I was going with that one. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that either guy is a weak link because I think they make great music together. But at the end of the day, they did not make it big. And I wonder if, if a different combination with one of those guys could have. So that's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah, I believe we had referenced in an episode, and I, I said, sometimes I think TNT didn't go huge because they were too talented. Yeah. And that's one of these times where you're like, okay, Europe was talented as shit, uh, obviously, but they 
they attracted more than just the guitar geeks yep. to their shows. Yeah. yeah they, a lot of females, a lot of people that were just kind of loosely into the final countdown, etc. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Number five. All right. Okay. I set this one up. I got Silent Rage's Shattered Hearts album. Okay. That entire album. But I'm taking one element out and I'm putting Ted Poley singing Ooh. Shattered Hearts. Nice. And I can picture it in my head right now. I mean, can you hear him doing Serena? You know, just mm. she's turning heads with the way she walks. It just it, it works, dude. Like yeah. play it in your head. You're a Ted Poley guy. You're you're a silent rage guy. Yeah. It could happen. I'd like to hear Ted Poley <laughs> do Rebel Without a Cause. Or with a cause. Rebel with a cause. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Oh man, my number five is almost gonna piggyback on the joke thing that you just said. Set the stage again. It's the late '80s. Paul Stanley's frustrated with Gene Simmons, and he's and there was talk there was going to be a Paul Stanley solo album in the late '80s. There was a Paul Stanley solo tour, okay. And the band that he had would have been great because he did have a really good band with Bob Kulick and Eric Singer, and I mean, all the Kiss fans know that stuff. But I'm picturing Winger as the backup band for Paul Stanley mm. with a Bow Hill produced solo album. What do you think? What do you think, dude? Dude, I think that's money. Is that money? <laughs> yeah. Kiss could play bass. He could do backup vocals. You've got Reb and Rod and Paul Taylor with with Paul Stanley and Reb or uh, Bo Bo Hill. Oh man, what could have been, dude? I think that's money because you could have strong backups. Yeah. you could have excellent musicianship. You could have killer production and and epic song. Yeah, good call. Yeah, man. All right, number four. Um, I must correct myself. Rebel Without a Cause is what I meant. Not the Shattered Hearts oh. album. I meant Rebel Without a Cause. I take it back. Okay. I know what you meant. It's <laughs> thank, all good. Thank you for correcting me. I knew you knew. No, you're good. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Isn't that song right. on both albums? I think it is. Yeah, so there you That's go. You've got, you're covered. <laughs> you got your covered. <laughs> Whew, thank God. All right. So this one. So you remember the uh, the, the, weird, the stars? Ronnie James Dio put yeah. the project yeah. together? The fundraising? Yeah, so... I got a stars lineup, okay? So I, I was really wanting to include all my main men. You know, I wanted to go with all my heavy hitters, and I was like, how am I going to do this? You know, I, I can't replace a, a Joe Elliott and Def Leppard. You know, it just right. ain't going to work for me. So I can't mess with that. So I thought, oh, perfect. I'm going to do a stars album. And you got James Christian, Dave Medichetti, who was on stars, Johnny Gioli, Joe Elliott, Mark Storacci, Billy Idol. Robin McCauley, Klaus Mane, CJ from Firehouse, and Don Dockin, all at their peak. I mean, let's just call it 88, just peaking. Yeah, yeah just peaking. And, and, and singing. It, yeah. Yeah. Do like a charity song or something. So yeah. Totally. A charity song. Have it be like that. Dude, that's a good song, too. I, I really like that that video, that whole documentary, yeah. and then that the actual song itself, not to mention all the sweet guitar players changing riffs, but... I always thought it was so cool watching him in the studio behind the scenes just cranking those vocals out and watching Dio talk shit to Shortino and Don talking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, I just wanted to throw that one out there. That wouldn't even be a band. It'd just be a sweet song. Nice. Well, here, number four, 
you knew that I would get to Ingve, okay? So I've got some different ideas. I don't know if this is once again like the Ronnie Latikro thing, where you know somebody put a crap load of money behind Ingve and he was able to do either multiple albums with different people or different people on one album. But we're gonna start. Okay, but Dio was with you 100 on that one. Also, okay. Rob, Rob Halford with Ingve. Okay, I think that would be pretty yeah. sick because he's got the high stuff, and don't, I'd like to hear what their songs together would sound like. Also thought about Klaus Mein. You know, sometimes the foreign guys, you know, like European and, you know, same vibe and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but then I started to think, but Ingve, you know, he never made it big, okay? He just didn't have that right person with him. And then I started to think, what if, like, Ingve was in Bon Jovi or with Bon Jovi? Oh, and then I thought, what about Ingve with Mike Tramp? Because Mike Tramp is also from that part of the world as, as Ingve, you know, Sweden, Norway, and all that stuff. So, those are a couple ones that I thought, like, if you get, like, these kind of famous pretty boys with Ingve, could that have pushed him yeah. over? Uh, the metal guys like Dio and, and Halford, what would that have sound like? So I had a lot of thoughts around Ingve, and I threw it all into my number four. So I, I had uh, heard once upon a time when I was kind of first getting into everything that that Ingve was the guitar player in David Lee Roth's solo band. Obviously, it was Steve Vai, but there you go. It's perfect. You got a, a wizard like Steve Vai with yep. David Lee Roth. Dude, what if, what if England was David Lee Roth? That'd be killer. That would have been sick. Yeah, no so doubt. I see, I see where you're going. I like it. Number three. All right. So, similar to uh, your docking stuff, I got... Docking stuff, I got... Matt Slevin in fronting Dawkins, basically. I got him singing <laughs> with with Lynch, Pilsen, and Brown. But I got him doing what would have been an 89 or 90 Dawkins album, just like we've talked about before. Mm. I mean, can you imagine how killer that would have been? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good because when I, th- when I think of the vocals that are on that Facing the Animal and then mix that with the guys from Dawkins, yeah, solid. Dude, Yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, this one you're going to like, and it's right in, in, in sync with what you were just saying. Number three for me, Janie Lane and George Lynch. Oh, yeah. And I'm picturing this like around, you know, the early 90s because, you know, Warren is fizzling and, and uh, Dockin is fizzling. And when you think about the song, uh, All My Bridges Are Burning, I've always mm-hmm. thought the chorus of that song had a Dockin vibe. And that was kind of what I was thinking. If they could do material kind of like that, that would be just awesome. You know, I'm singing it in my head right now, and I wonder if it's the Down in Flames part that's triggering you, because that was a Don Dawkins up from the ashes, uh-huh. and then that's that part of that chorus. Dude, that works killer. Yeah. I'm singing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. I can't wait to hear your last two here. Number two. Okay. So this one's duos. I got Mike Tramp and Vito Brada, Tempest and, Mar- and Key, Parnell and Latecro, and Vince and Mick doing it. A tour or an album, acoustic and electric guitar, don't care which, all those guys, duos, get back to it. I want to hear them at their peak, mm. preferably like a 1991 tour with these duos, dude. That would be sick. Yeah. You, you know, take take the Bon Jovi unplugged if you want, or put them on a big stage and have them electrify it. I don't care. But, dude, all these guys teaming up, with their guitar players, respectively, I think it'd be killer. All right, my number two. Are you get? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Yes. Okay. Let's go back to nineteen ninety one, ninety two. 
Mm-hmm. Jason yeah. Becker starts getting sick and he's out of David Lee Ross band. There's another great band that's falling apart around this time as well. Called White Lion. And we pair <laughs> Vito Brada with David Lee Roth to make one of the most <laughs> epic like albums and tours ever. Are you with me? Oh, dude. The second coming of Eddie playing with the original Eddie? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I like it. Nice. That, that makes a lot of sense, too. Yep. Ah, that didn't happen. <laughs> we'll never know. I know. All right. This, this, this has got to be big, man. What's number one? Okay. Well, I got... Andy Taylor from Duran Duran, Craig Chiquico from Starship, and Chris Hayes from Huey Lewis in a killer 80s metal band <laughs> with Scott Travis <laughs> Scott Travis on drums and none other than Rob Halford singing. <laughs> I need these sleepers that were in the behind the scenes of these pop 80s bands to shred like they know they can and just be fronted with killer rippers. Like, let's call it the painkiller era with Scott Travis and Rob Halford. Can you? I, it's a stretch. It's about as big of a stretch as Duran Duran and Def Leppard touring together. But, dude, come on. I that, think it'd bring out the best in all of them. That sounds pretty good. All right, man. <laughs> this one, I mean, this, this is definitely my number one. And so, that, so if I think of something had the placement of things, this would be at the top. And it's a Motley Crue two-parter. Okay. So number <laughs> one. I don't know if this guy is going to be in Motley Crue or if this is going to be a project with Nikki Six and the other person is Blackie Lawless. I would love oh, wow. to see them two together because they 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 have ties. They were in London and they were in the LA yeah. scene and I just think Blackie Lawless and Nikki Six writing songs, doing a project, maybe around also ninety two, something like that, you know, maybe as Wasp kinda is you know, dissolving, even though it exists, it doesn't have any of the original guys anymore. I mean, we all know what happened in Motley Crue in 92. So that's one project I would like to have seen. Maybe it wouldn't be a Blackie in Motley Crue, but Blackie and Nikki doing something together. But let me give you another scenario. And this doesn't necessarily, you, you can pick, how about this is, this is going to be unprecedented. You will pick who you want to be in this band. And I'm going to tell you who's going to try out for it. So we're going to go, we're going to okay. go Motley Crue 91-92 when they're doing the tryouts for, for to bring in Vince. But Motley Crue in their mind oh, yeah. are thinking they want to stick with the sound that they were famous for. They don't want to go in a different direction. They don't want to go you know grungy and bluesy or anything like that. They want to stick with the OG original crew sound. And here's the guys that are yeah. going to try out. Are you ready? This is, this is, a, this is a good one. Okay. Davey Vane. Oh, wow. Wouldn't that okay, be good, like man? It. All right. Okay. Yep. Uh, Steve Summers. CJ Snare. Killer. And then I thought, even though I don't think they could ever work together, because because crew has talked too much trash about the band that he's in, but man, Brett Michaels at least taking a stab at being in Motley Crue in 92. Poison was kind of fading. It wasn't as big as it was. Native Tongue didn't do shit. What could have happened with one of the biggest 80s front men to replace Vince Neil, Brett Michaels? So those are my guys. I think some of them have... Um, oh, wait a minute. Did I say CJ Snare? You did, yeah. Okay, so he's another one that I think has a lot of those guys that I mentioned. Aside from Vin, or aside from Brett, because I think Brett doesn't really sing all that high, but the other guys all have that whiny, you know, sleazy voice that would be so cool if Motley continued to do, you know, their their classic sound. So, 
All right, out of everybody I mentioned, who would who would you have picked to be the lead singer for the tryouts? Oh, dude, that'd been so brutal. Because right away I was going, okay, Steve Summers would have been the happiest human on earth <laughs> if he could have <laughs> right. landed that spot. Yes, and he probably would have had the most passion. Yeah, and done the done the best job. But obviously, it's hard because like I love CJ's voice. I love it. I don't know if it's too good. And you he's know, not like, he's not nasty enough. He's like too he's no, too exactly. yeah, he's not nasty enough to be in the crew. But I think his voice has that same kind of a vibe where yeah, he'd really be like more of a like a step up like professionally, vocally than yeah. Vince, but it still has that same, you know, vibe. He's a little too wholesome, I think. He's too wholesome though. But, yeah. Yeah. but but then Davey Vane, dude, I mean that was, that's the one I'm kinda leaning toward, right? That's kinda nice. I know. It's it's right there. I just I wonder if he's too sleazy, <laughs> or you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like like Vince, I don't know, dude. Vince was just I, it's so hard for us to, right. to think about something other than. But I don't know. I think I'd have to go with Steve Summers. Yeah, I think for me, I think if I could rewrite time and actually pick it, I think I would have went for Brett Michaels just to see what it could have did commercially. He's the only one that if there oh, was yeah. going to be a platinum or a gold album or whatever. To come out of this thing, I think it would have had to have been with Brett Michaels. Gosh, dude, that's so hard. Why you gotta do that? To me? <laughs> I don't know. That's just how nuts I am. How my brain works. So, <laughs> oh, right, man. Well, that was fun. I, I hope everybody enjoyed these team ups and it kind of visualized how they would sound. Uh, I hope people contribute and put in the comments who they would like to see as team ups because I think everybody has had those dream teams. They're like, why didn't these two guys get together, or why didn't this singer yeah. join this band? And the crazy thing is, is looking back, is there were so many golden opportunities. Look, look how many we said where we were like, man, I would buy that in a heartbeat. That would have been so huge. So, yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, and it's like, as as Piercy and Tracy Gunn, I mean, it's like Blackie and Nikki. It's yeah. like, wait a minute, that didn't happen? Like, yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> right, and the thing, so well, the cool thing about, like, probably 75 to 95% of these, you know, a pretty high percentage, most of these could still happen. You know, most of these people are still alive, yeah. and most of these people are still doing it. So, like I said, quite a few of these could still be a thing. So, who knows? Yep, totally. Cool, brother. Well, hey, good, good chatting with you. All right, you too. Have a good one. Well, that was a fun one. I hope you enjoyed it. Rock out!